0: Namaskar and welcome to Daily Global Insights, Episode 284. A shout out to our viewers to like this program so it can reach its maximum potential. Today is Thursday, November the 25th and a happy Thanksgiving to every one of you. Here are the main points. Before we go to uh, jump into our news, let us welcome our co-host Sridhar Chityala Ji. Sridhar Ji, Namaskar and welcome to P-Guru's channel, sir.
1: Namaskar. Good morning to everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, good day. Uh, happy Thanksgiving and best wishes to you, your family and everybody around you and make it a wonderful day. Uh, thanking all those uh, you know who have helped us to be where we are today.
0: As gas prices soar, frustrated drivers stick it to Biden with I did it at gas station decals and with Nancy Pelosi stickers Adjacent, saying I help. See, that the not good times for the Democrats. Not good time
1: for the Democrats. I think uh, the, the the gas prices, as we call it here, uh, is hurting people. Especially, this is one of the weekends where people travel, you know, long distances. Uh, on the back of uh, not having celebrated last year's Thanksgiving, uh, and then seeing the gas prices, uh, you know, pop up, uh, is not a great news and. Uh, and Biden and Nancy Pelosi both are getting it, and uh, and and you know it's uh, because of the inappropriate policy decisions.
0: And uh, Biden's release of gas from strategic gas reserves received with criticism by Trump, Senator Graham, and others as a self-inflicted wound, cutting leases, stopping Keystone Pipeline, and other leases and projects. <laughs> Siddharji, I would like your thoughts on this, and then perhaps maybe I can weigh in with my own. Please go ahead, sir.
1: Well, my my thoughts are very simple: that uh, you step in, uh, you turn a country from an exporter and net surplus, and come up with random and arbitrary decisions. And uh, you know, you want to have a climate strategy. Come up with a graceful approach, but not with a revengeful dispensation of. Uh, all programs which actually help the country rather than hurt the country and then you go back and tell the OPEC to increase the supply and we will cover this another point which is namely then you draw your relationship with Japan and buy gas from them and then you release uh, from your strategic reserves and still the prices are up because everybody gets it that this is just a short-term knee-jerk response by the Biden administration it is an unwarranted self-inflicted wound driven by lack of uh, you know thought process around the progressive groups driving biden to this type of an approach
0: and and you may have a point sir because here is the next item manchin senator manchin slams biden for tapping strategic oil reserves while pursuing short-sighted energy policies. So this is a Democrat who is saying that. So that essentially tells you that across the party lines, people do not like what Biden is doing. He is completely under the spell of these progressives. I don't know what they use. Do they jet around or what? They should go and stand in some of those long lines where people are jostling for one cent off the gallon price. And, and then see what it feels like. Maybe talk to a few of those. Listen to them.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, they all jet around. Okay. The amount of fuel dispensed by people like John Kerry and every one of those 14 or 10 uh, Biden administration officials who took private flights to land for the COPS 26 uh, summit is a reflection that they are great hypocrites. <laughs> Sorry, I'm recovering uh, <clears throat> from about a flu. Um, so you can see from uh, you know this 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 uh, uh, lackadaisical and inconsistent approaches uh, by way of uh, by way of uh, one thing for the common man and one thing for themselves, including this great lady uh, you know Warren uh, you know travels by private private uh, private aircraft and she tries to cover herself from the media. So I think. It's time these guys realize that they have to follow what they preach rather than have two different approaches. John Kerry's comment is, look, I got to get around because I need to meet people, I need to talk. Well, that applies to everybody else as well, not just to him alone.
0: And A major study undercuts Biden's explanation and surge in illegal migration, a process that is reshaping US demography. This is something that we have been saying again and again and and now other studies are bearing us out. Sridharji.
1: Indeed, sir. Uh, This is a study conducted by United Nations, a study conducted by uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology and by WHO Uh, organization and they have come and said 80% of the people who are traveling are traveling because of economic reasons, not because of either political suppression or because they are refugees in their own country. That belies and defies this Biden and progressive theory that these people are coming uh, because they are, you know, there may be instances of families being left behind. There may be instances of uh, you know this uh, stay in Mexico policy, which, by the way, Biden has just announced he's going to re uh, what you call reapply, uh, reimpose the Trump policy which he cut off. So what you are seeing is a deliberate and provocative by misleading data to allow these illegals to come in, and rather than looking at uh, looking at the actual reality, it's also stated. That almost close to 60% of the families from the three countries, the Central uh, American countries of Guatemala, uh, Ecuador, and uh, El Salvador, uh, basically, they, you know, at least one member of the family is in the United States and sending money uh, to those respective families in those countries. So, this is basically a drive towards an economic shift. As far as Biden is concerned, Biden and progressives are concerned, they want to leverage this as a demographic shift and cheap labour rather than the true aspects of refugees and political suppression in those states.
0: We'll have to wait and see how this plays out. Certainly a disaster, another self-inflicted wound. So this this is what, uh, you know, boggles my mind, Sridharji. Biden could have just done masterly inactivity, let things go, just fix the DACA by making sure that those children who are separated get to meet their parents. That was the only thing that was uh, done by Trump perhaps that can say, okay, we are giving a more humanitarian approach to this and nothing would have happened. The country and he needed to concentrate on getting COVID under control. Instead, you know, progressives, regressives, your thinking is very regressive. I have to keep thinking, you know, you have a misnomer here. You are not progressive. You are regressive. Anyway, my rant. Let's go on to the next item. Biden accedes to another demand from Chinese on media, a policy that seems more driven by Hunter Biden than US interests. Sridhar what is this new policy on media? New policy
1: is the Chinese have requested that the Chinese media companies be given access and begin to operate from the US soil as a reciprocative reciprocative gesture. They would allow the US media to be in China. Guess what happens to the US media which goes to China, but you're going to have Uh, a great set of advocacy and propaganda going on from within United States and he has conceded
0: i hope they don't give this thing china does not deserve they need to stop that stupid firewall they are keeping their people in the dark 1.2 billion 1.3 billion who knows all those people are being given uh, you know jingoistic nonsense all of it untruths anyway we can go on us invites taiwan to first democracy summit angering china what do you expect china sir go ahead sir
1: well, i think uh, you know i think at least on the taiwanese side they seem to be following a very consistent policy, which is to recognize Taiwan, integrate Taiwan and, you know, without uh, denigrating the one China policy, but giving the autonomy that is needed uh, to, a, to a state or to a nation, which is, uh, you know, working in a democratic manner. So at least to that extent, we have to commend Biden administration for consistency
0: on that stand. And a guilty verdict reached in the trial of men charged in Ahmed Arbery killing. Now, will the BLM and all those rioters who went and stole, uh, you know, high-priced goods from Macy's and Nordstrom and everything, return it? Because now it appears that justice has been done.
1: Very important headline that flashed across in one of the non-mainstream media. Decriminalization of robbery. Is what is resulting in this looting that is going on? Read the words: decriminalization of robbery is what is resulting in these sets of actions. It has nothing to do with BLM, nothing to do with Antifa, nothing to do with any of this stuff. Basically, you can go and rob; you cannot be prosecuted. This is the kind of the vagary in, that is prevalent in some of the states. You can go and check for yourself whether blue states, red states, purple states, whichever states, you go and check it for yourself and find the truth.
0: And U.S. opposes China telecom bid to continue U.S. operations. U.S. also blacklists a dozen more Chinese entity over army links. Did you not know this thing, Biden? I am surprised.
1: Well, I think it's uh, important concessions he's making, he's made the concession uh, to China on this media, is made concession to China uh, on uh, the climate summit. Uh, he has made concessions to China on some of the trade stuff that is going on. Uh, you know, he's still taking the hits from China, uh, you know, the way they, they dispense with the US diplomats. But let us, uh, you know, what can you expect, sir? You can expect, at least on the Taiwanese side, he seems to be taking a consistent policy.
0: Opposition to nomination of Chinese security official to the top Interpol heats up. Shrita I remember that some years ago, there was another person from China who was in Interpol who died by falling from a two-feet high fence.
1: Well, uh, I, you know, the Chinese footprint into the so-called central global organizations, it doesn't matter whether they are United Nations, World Health Organization, IMF, Interpol, uh, anti-terrorism task force etc and human rights. China is in human rights group under United Nations which are the countries, every country that is not a democracy or suppresses democracy is in the human rights group. If this is the type of uh, activity that uh, if this is the type of engagement that you want China to be part of, then what can you expect? You can expect everything that China decides and determines or uses and exerts its veto uh, to continue with what it does in its own country, but follows exactly the opposite in uh, as far as the global uh, you know, organizations are concerned. They have no place and no role to be in the Interpol, given the ecosystem of countries that they support and they can benefit uh, exactly defying what the Interpol is supposed to do.
0: And Japan and Vietnam share concern over China at their summit and agreed to work together. Sridharji, so Vietnam and Japan are getting closer. That's actually augurs well for Japan because they now have uh, another low-cost manufacturing destination. Sir,
1: yes, Japan, Vietnam is today we are covering, and they have had the meet. Uh, both business, trade, and security is shaping that, and. Vietnam is also going to buy defense and naval equipment from Japan, uh, so which is very good. Remember, a couple of days ago, we covered Philippines and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Japan tie-up, So you have, and, and then Duarte, uh, Duterte making a specific comment that we welcome Japan and we like Japan's leadership. So I think what I would like to see from Japan is either to explicitly say, we are going to have a quad plus or we have decided quad is irrelevant in the context of all these different nations. So we are going to have some form of, you know, multilateral security forum which will ensure that there is open and transparent uh, navigation in not only in South China Sea but in East China Sea and across Indo-Pacific.
0: And Japan's Prime Minister confirms oil sales to US is a response to its request. I think we touched upon this, Sridharji. We can go on. In another shocking move, Sri Lanka awards poor project to China after dropping Japan and India. What happened, Sridharji?
1: Well, I think no reason, no explanation is given. It just simply means that the China has been flexing its muzzle and China has been using the, uh, the um, Uh, you know, backdoor uh, diplomacy and probably, uh, you know, giving them sufficient incentives. So the main port in Colombo, uh, which was originally awarded by the Sirisena government uh, to Japan and India has been reneged. And now that project is going to China. It doesn't augur very well for Sri Lanka itself.
0: And, and and we have had uh, news reports that China sent them uh, bad fertilizer stuff and they had to turn it away so I, I I'm just at a loss as to what is going on there the teardrop nation seems to still uh, you know, shed few tears um, and Isra- Israel and Morocco reaches oh, historic-
1: let me interrupt sorry guys on that point the fertilizer was sent by India which they received. When they got into the debt crisis, I think India gave them 100 billion dollars, so they yes. gave, got that funding. Okay, when they have a when Sri Lanka asked for both BIMI Tech meeting to be uh, to be in person, if you remember, we ta- discussed this. thing thing, India is looking into that request. That what does uh, Rajapaksha government do? They go exactly the opposite direction. They got an FX reserve problem. India said they would look into and see how they can help them, right? On on these four parameters that you at least two of them you have alluded to, India responded and Japan has been a very proactive partner. They flip the coin and they go with China. Sorry, sorry for the interjection, sir. Sorry.
0: No, 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 not at all Sridharji. This is going to be important. I'm going to try and see some back channel thing to find out what exactly uh, happened in that decision. Israel and Morocco reach historic defense agreement. So there's one more country, Islamic perhaps, which is also reaching out to Israel and normalizing relations.
1: Indeed, I think that people want economic affluence. People want to be part of the change that is taking place in the world. Wherever Israel has uh, gone and helped, uh, there seems to be uh, warmth and receptiveness. We may begin to see even some uh, reconciliation between Palestine and Israel uh, that is happening as Palestine disconnects itself from anything to do with uh, Hamas and Gaza.
0: And no deal reached for access to Iran nuclear sites, says the IAEA chief. Sridharji, this also means that Iran wants to hide something.
1: It just simply means Iran wants to continue its uh, program. Iran wants to hold all uh, uh, aces uh, in terms of its ability to uh, leverage and threaten the world. I mean, drones has become a very big problem, and you can see the persistent attacks. Now they want to see whichever way possible. To get into being a nuclear power.
0: Australia follows United Kingdom in naming the entirety of Hamas as a terrorist organization. Sridharji, you just alluded to this. It is important now that the, the bad elements in Palestine need to be isolated and called for what they are. I think that is what many countries are starting to do. Uh, indeed, I think that you can begin to see that the, uh, the influence of
1: uh, the gorillas who are supporting supportive of uh, the Iranian agenda, uh, infiltrating and becoming part of Hamas. Hamas also, in conjunction with Hezbollah uh, and the other, uh, you know, uh, Iranian surrogates, being part of the broader Syrian-Lebanon uh, issue, and even, uh, you know, going as far as Yemen is concerned. So it looks like the Gaza is beginning to you know slip away by way of its uh, what you call as the provocative agenda versus uh, what the palestinians want to establish uh, in terms of its normalization of things with
0: israel and rest of the world and in russia ukraine standoff both nations stage combat drills now i think the united states also has put feet on the ground on, on the ukrainian side right so the
1: yes i think uh, israel has got, sorry united states has sent them Naval uh, surveillance boats—they just delivered. We covered this uh, in the most recent uh, DGI episode. Um, I think they are also augmenting it with uh, additional military capability. You remember, United Kingdom is actively involved uh, in in you know with with Ukraine, but this I think is uh, in the case of the difference between China and Russia is Russia will act, China will threaten and China may act surreptitiously but Russia will act. So let us hope that it doesn't result in another major skirmish in the region. Uh, We did extensively the map of uh, that entire region uh, covering from Belarus, Russia, Ukraine, Moldova uh, as to the strategic significance of that area to Russia uh, not only to control uh, the uh, the access and gateway into Europe, but also the energy strategy uh, that Russia has in its mind.
0: And in Germany, Social Democrat Olaf Scholz announced a deal to form a new governing coalition in Germany that aims to modernize it, accelerate green transition and more business-friendly ecosystem, ending the Merkel era. Sir, some contrast between this government and the previous government
1: the contrast between this government uh, <coughs> is that uh, you know there, there are three areas of uh, uh, delineation we will begin to see. First and foremost, I think they will preserve and protect the uh, the German independence in terms of being a net exporting nation to some extent under Angela Merkel. Uh, that was being diluted with a pro-China policy and the gateway that uh, gateway and access that Germany offered through its ports uh, to the Chinese, not realizing that they will become the main thoroughfare for the Chinese goods to move into, uh, move across into Europe using Germany. I think that's the first. The second is that they're far more pro-government, uh, pro-business, uh, relative to what Angela Merkel was, uh, and this was hurting the, the local ecosystem. Um, she's far more socialist, notwithstanding these people are left liberal. Uh, so you have you will begin to see some pro-business policies which are looking inward. That's the second. I think the third is that um, Angela Merkel clearly wanted to exert and assert her rights uh, in the EU. But the story is that India will, uh, in the case of Germany, uh, Germany is in under under the the present regime. You'll begin to see they're far more focused on Germany rather than. Uh, around the around the um uh, being a broader european player and finally if i have to say the <coughs> sorry four uh, is refugees i think that they are going to be far more stringent rather than the open policy of Merkel.
0: And uh, Lithuania urges Europe to step up Indo-Pacific efforts to prevent a coercive China. See, this is again something that we had predicted because Lithuania has changed its recognition of Taiwan, and and I guess you know one by one slowly countries are beginning to speak up. So I think China, no matter how much of a bully it tries to be, people are calling its bluff, sir. Yeah, I think Europeans, especially the Eastern European nations you
1: know, Lithuania, Poland, uh, in some of the former Russian uh, republics, they're beginning to recognize that we don't want the old Cold War, uh, you know, fascist regimes uh, reigning in back in Europe, uh, disrupting the democratic as well as the integration into mainstream world global, either economic or trade or security types of policies because these countries need to Build their economic uh, activity. So what you're beginning to see is uh, we don't want repetition of what has happened before, and they are egging on the main Western Europe to not to be procrastinating but taking a much more assertive stand. Remember, Poland also said with regard to Belarus, uh, "Hey NATO, where is your action? You know we got a problem here. You are just sitting by the sidelines, not doing anything." So therefore. You are, uh, I think that as you rightly pointed out, that they are now uh, relevant nations by way of notwithstanding they may be economic size, maybe small, they're relevant nations and they're making their voices to be heard by the global community.
0: And France and the United Kingdom work together to come up with concrete plans to prevent illegal migrant crossings into Europe. Siddharji, this is a very good sign. I thought yesterday. France and UK were having a bit of friction because of Brexit.
1: Yes, I think they are friends on one day, foes on the other day.
0: As, far as,
1: <laughs> as far as the fishing trawlers is concerned, you know, as far as the Oscars is concerned, you know, they are, uh, you know, foes. As far as this illegal immigrants is concerned, they are the most friendly and collaborative uh, nations is concerned. So that's what you're beginning to see by way of actions, which is very good. I think that goes back to my earlier point, Germany focusing. You may see Germany also step up once the new
0: government uh, comes into place. And you know, India and United Kingdom free trade agreement talks are starting imminently, says the Chief of Confederation of British Industry. That is a very good news Sridharji.
1: It's a very good news and I think uh, Britain is very, very keen uh, to get back into the thick the think of things, uh, they recognize India is a very strategic partner. Uh, India has an expanding economy. Uh, India and Britain always uh, are uh, competing with each other. You know which is number five economy versus which is number six economy, depending on the currency rates. You know one goes above or below, uh, and then you have uh, you know you have uh, India is likely to slip away very very soon. Uh, you know, as the economic uh, activity gains momentum post COVID. um, And so they say that, look, it is uh, the old relationships, let's rekindle. Also, United Kingdom is seeking access through India into Indo-Pacific. Today, Indo-French have a very strong relationship in the Indian Ocean and Indo-Pacific. I think UK also wants to uh, get an access into it. Also defense because India France is a very big supplier now. Uh, or, or to meet the defense needs. I'm sure Britain has some aspirations in that area.
0: And Indian government extends 5 kilograms free grain scheme till March 2022, costing the government 53,344 crores. Sridharji, while I appreciate this, how do you think the Indian government is going to wean people off of this?
1: Well, I think this is basically in an anticipation of two things. They were blamed Uh, consistently and repeatedly for when the Covid wave two stuck, people were lost and people were struggling uh, and then the greatest immobilization occurred and people were saying, you know, we have no food because there's no jobs because vast part of the force is a, a casual labor force. They are there is still a talk that there will be a third wave in India. You know, coming around the December, January uh, time timelines, there's still a prediction. So what they're saying is that there is a winter months, and we have they have had a bumper supply. So we are going to continue to drive this program till March. By when, by which time, we hope that we would have also crossed 75% threshold. March 2022 is when India is expected to cross either 70 or 75% of the population fully vaccinated. That seems to be the rationale behind this decision uh, and also the social capital that Modi has been talking about that we need to take care of the people when they really need
0: help. Indigenously developed 6G technology to be deployed by 2023-24 according to Indian Minister. Ashwini Vaishnav. I think he's a Commerce Minister, Communication Minister, right, sir?
1: Telecom, and uh, Technology and Communication Minister. I think there are two strong uh, gentlemen uh, who are looking after those affairs who are absolutely technically uh, competent and well aware. Uh, So I hope uh, this August relative to I think what uh, India had prior.
0: And Let's take a look at markets now. Fed members are ready to raise rates if inflation continues to rise. Weekly jobless claims fall to a stunning 199,000. It has been the lowest since 1969. And Biden claims victory. Of course, we claim credit where credit is due. Although people who are staying at home, they are not reporting as being unemployed, I guess. S&P and Nasdaq make small gains as Treasury yields stabilised. Sridharji, this is a short weekend, so not much going to be happening in the market. Um, but what do you see in the uh, unemployment number? That is very significant.
1: See, the unemployment number is uh, uh, nobody is able to keep their uh, finger in the pie and say this is these are the three reasons. But everybody is very happy that the unemployment claim, which was around eight hundred thousand. Has come down to about 199,000 uh, in the past 12 to 14 months. At the peak, it was 800,000 when the COVID uh, began in April, March, April 2020. So it's a very laudable number, but nobody is able to put their finger. So number one, number two, why uh, you know 4 to 4.5 million people, you know, quit jobs. Uh, and not in the unemployment line is again a mystery. All we can say is people are choosing flexibility, and people, you know, possible that you know they are, uh, uh, you know, they're they got enough balances in their accounts, which is reaffirmed by the CEOs of two major banking institutions. There's something close to two to three trillion dollars in the checking accounts of the American consumers. That's a humongous amount of money, okay, trillion. Two to three trillion dollars in the checking accounts. Okay, we're not talking about billion. So that just gives you the the scope and dimension of
0: what US consumer can be. Absolutely, sir. And that brings us to a close today's DGI. We are done for this weekend. We will be back next. uh, We'll be back on Sunday to talk about markets in some detail. And then Perhaps we may not have the program on Monday morning or Monday evening. Maybe we'll try and resume from Tuesday. Some of us are traveling, so that could be one challenge, but we will keep you posted. Most likely, it will start again on Tuesday. And uh, viewers, we have now the book at a paperback version of the book of Who Painted My State Purple. And, and this is now going to be available very shortly on our website, 3ir.com And you will be able to get this thing in the United States. And we are hoping to create a um, uh, India version also. I just need some hands up, some heads up about how many copies we'll be able to sell because this is not a subject that is related to India, although it is very related to China and that might give you some insights about how carefully China plans. I have done a lot of research and I thank Sridharji from the bottom of my heart because he was the one who kept encouraging me to pursue this. It was not easy writing this book. I had to change the way I present the story because this is American English. I also had to be sure that the story read well. It's a fiction, but there is always the thing about you have to keep that uh, tight uh, you know, grip over the storyline so that people keep turning pages. So a lot of things. Hopefully you will support me just as well. In fact, support us. This is a joint work, even though it is going in my name. Sridharji had as much uh, contribution to this in terms of encouraging me, you know, keeping me, you know, uh, focused on this. Uh, we hope that you will encourage us and support this book. I need a show of hands. And hopefully, um, I'll put up some survey or something like that so that you can respond that, yes, we will be interested in buying this book. We will, of course, price it very reasonably for India because we understand that, you know, a lot of money is not going around, although it is very important because China is India's neighbor and this story is about China. Thank you very much, Sridharji, once again and Namaskar and we'll see you on Sunday. Thank you again.
1: Hang, happy Thanksgiving and best wishes to all of you and all your families. Uh, I encourage all of you to uh, buy and read uh, the book that uh, Sri G has been speaking about. Uh, you know, as they say in journalism, there's no smoke without fire. Uh, behind the behind the story, behind the fictional story, uh, you can begin to infer your own uh, reams and gleams of truth. And, uh, and what is in store for... Uh, if you want to interfere in, uh, you know, any type of uh, uh, state and especially the most powerful economically and militarily, the most powerful nation in the world, how easily it can be uh, accommodated under this type of a structure uh, if, you know, if one uh, plays the game the way, uh, the way it is written, uh, as I say, as uh, Shri, uh, Ji said, it's fictional but behind the fiction there's always some substance behind it so I encourage all of you to buy read and uh, you know give your comments and thoughts so this uh, activity can continue to be pursued on other matters
0: thank you very much
1: sir namaskar namaskar and have a wonderful day